You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hello, I'm Elder Care Coordinator Patty Bedwell, and thank you for joining us today on Aging Starts Now. Today, our guest is Lynn Wood. Lynn is the Caregiver Support Coordinator with Mental Health America of the Mid-South, and today we're going to be talking about the decision to place your loved one in an assisted living or a memory care community. Welcome, Lynn, and thanks for being here. Thanks, Patty. It's so nice to be uh, invited back. Great. Um, so, few questions. You promised your mom or dad that you're never going to put them in a home. But what happens when you can no longer keep that promise? Because that happens quite frequently, don't you think? It, it does happen. And what I encourage people to understand is that their parents' idea of a quote-unquote home is not the society that we're living in today. So when our parents were aging, they didn't have assisted livings or 55 and older subdivisions or secure memory care, right? They just went to a nursing home. And that's generally what their mind's eye is telling them that they're going to have to go to. But if we could get our older adults through the front door of an assisted living, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. Um, so don't beat yourself up because y- you are keeping the promise. You're not putting them in a nursing home. You're just putting them in a safer um, community setting. And, and that's how I encourage people to look at it. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. <clears throat> So if you are trying to keep everyone at home, mm-hmm. um, but you finally do realize that mom and dad are no longer going to be safe at home, maybe they're not going to be able to stay at home alone, how do you really know when that time comes? Are there things that we should be looking for or markers or whatever to let us know that it's time to place Well, I think that yes is the simple answer to your question. There are things we can look at. Number one, if the goal is for someone to age at home and ultimately die at home, we can make that happen. It might be costly. It might be a situation where they need your services uh, in order to financially plan for that. But with the technology today and the accessibility to in-home care and palliative care and hospice care, we can make that happen. But is that the best quality of life for everybody involved? And that's the first question. Yeah, you've promised this, but what kind of quality of life are we looking at here? And one of the things, well, there's a couple of things, you know, is it becoming more difficult or unsafe for your loved one to stay at home? Are they now walking out the door or are they having to live mainly upstairs because they can't manage the steps and you're you're carrying dinner up and down the steps to them? Um, So things like that, is it unsafe or becoming more 
um, hard to manage that. Does your loved one or your parent or whoever needs specialized care? You know, you think about a caregiver doing the job 24-7, but if you look at a community-type setting, they're bringing in fresh staff every seven and a half hours. And especially, Patty, if we're talking about memory care, then most of our memory care communities today do some type of specialized training with that staff so they understand the dementia or Alzheimer's process. And then, you know, the time may come where everything is fine with your parent or your loved one, but you're just plum tired. You're drained. You're feeling resentful of having to be a caregiver. You've put your life on hold. Again, maybe that's the time to consider um, uh, placement because that's not a quality of life if you're resenting having to be that that caregiver. Um, and so those are some of the top three things that I, I you know, talk to families about. Oh, that, that's, really, uh, that's really good advice there. Um, so it is important then for people to talk and be honest with their loved one about what they're planning on doing, what they think is the best thing. Um, but that's a really hard conversation to have. Do you have any tips on how to approach that conversation with your mom that, hey, I think it's time that we move you to an assisted living? Yes. And my advice is to have that conversation now. Let's say there's not even a diagnosis of, we we can't even take Alzheimer's and dementia off the table. Maybe it's a cancer diagnosis or um, a as someone who has an amputee who needs to have a leg or a limb amputated, mm-hmm. something that's going to prohibit them from being completely 100% independent. So before that even is happening, maybe we have those conversations now. I've already made my plans and my husband has as well about what our future is going to look like. So our son doesn't have to try to guess what that is. So Um, No one has to try to figure out what we want. We've already made those decisions now. And so I think where parents or our older adults get scared and resentful and think that we're trying to just put them away somewhere is because we wait to have that conversation when that scenario is, is in play. And my, my thinking is that if we have that conversation before it's even plausible, because it might not happen, right? So let's plan mm-hmm. for the what ifs and let's hope we don't need them. Um, then it's a little bit less scary because that parent is healthy and you're just being respectful of what they want. Um, I got into this work because I worked in a skilled nursing uh, facility and I, I ended up working with a lot of families who were making decisions during an urgent situation, mom can't go home now, and an emotional need. Maybe it was from a stroke or from a heart attack or something like that. But that's not the time to make a decision. That would be like somebody coming and filling out paperwork with you, you know, in the middle of a traumatic event. Um, you don't always make the best decisions, right? And so let's have those conversations now, write them down. There's several pieces of literature out there that enables people to write down what they want and let the 
people, let your loved ones and your families, your attorneys, your doctors know where that information is, put on the bookshelf. And now you don't have to dread having those conversations anymore because you've had them. They're done. Check them off the to-do list. Wow. That is really, really good advice. Um, That's a lot to think about. It's a lot Um, to think about. Yeah, it, it really is. It's so overwhelming. You know, I often suggest that caregivers, uh, family caregivers, they have in their mind what their stop point is. You know, is it one they can no longer um, toilet themselves or, you know, what what physical markers do they see themselves not being able to overcome? Yeah, Um, you know, one of the conversations that I find myself having is uh, we call it the line in the sand. What is uh your line in the sand Mm-hmm. What happens, we find, we see this, is that we put the line in the sand. And then as we get closer to that line, like incontinence, the line in the sand is if my loved one becomes incontinent. Okay, well, but they become incontinent of just bladder. And now we have adult depends, we have pads, we have uh, panties, period panties now that absorb liquids. So now we can push that line a little bit more to maybe bowel, right? So we we end up finding that that line in the sand is fluid. Um, But you do have to know when is it best for the person living with the dementia, Alzheimer's disease, if we're going to stick with what my specialty is. If if my parent doesn't know me anymore, um, is afraid of me, or am I not in a position to um, bathe her or dress her or sit there with a table and feed her, then, then that's, we're past that line in the sand. And there's another thing people need to be aware of, Patty, and I, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm sure, well, I guess I'm sure you probably are aware of it, but you can't wait too long to where assisted living communities are not an option. So it's almost a sooner versus later is is better because if you go mm-hmm. too long under what the current regulations are with Tennessee assisted livings, you know, if you get to the point where someone's just bed bound, then assisted living, even in a memory care, is not really going to be an option for them because they can't use lifts and things like that. Um, so, you know, you have to, that's why I say, let's think about them before they even happen. Uh, so that we can feel more prepared. Um, and when the decision's made, it's like, oh, no, mom made this decision for herself a long time ago. Yeah, that's uh, that's good when that works out that way. It, it, it? is good. It is good. <laughs> I've been where it didn't work out, uh, you yeah. know. Uh, but people need uh, even, you know, some of the best relationships I've seen are in assisted livings or memory mm-hmm. cares when two women think that they are long-lost friends you know, when actually they never met each other, but for whatever reason, you know, this is my sister or this is my best friend and they're complete strangers, but they found their peer. They found their counterpart. Uh, two men have found that camaraderie through military service or working on a farm or in a factory. And they've been able to then uh, be supportive to one another and Maybe the workers around them don't even know what they're talking about because of the Alzheimer's or dementia, but that's a quality of life for that loved one, for that person, you know? 
Yeah, that that makes good sense. And for the people that are going into uh, regular assisted living, I find that many of them don't expect to make new friends. They don't. They're they're quite surprised by some of the uh, friendships and relationships that they develop. And uh, um, so there is that piece of assisted living that really does offer a lot of socialness. That is true. That is true. I find I have found in the past working in an assisted living in in the the my past uh, career, and that the resident will complain to the family, "Oh, this is horrible. There's nobody here for me to talk to. I just stay in my apartment all the time. The food is terrible." But when you talk to the staff, you know we'll call her Miss Smith. Miss Smith is gaining weight. She is out at every bingo, every concert, every book reading. You know, she is playing bridge on Sunday afternoons. You know, like you can't find her, but she tells her family one thing. And sometimes I wonder if it's almost, you know, I don't want my family to know, number one, they were right. You know, (laughs) I did end up loving it. Uh, They don't want to be her here. I told you so. But they also don't want their kids to think that they're fine without them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want my children to think that I don't need them. Uh, but I've got everything I need right here at this community setting. So um, for the folks out there listening, I would I would pay attention to what your family or parents are telling you. But then talk to those around them on a day-to-day basis and see how they're really interacting. And take their side. That's the other important piece, Patty. If you do get to the point to where you've you have had to move uh, a loved one in to a community, don't feel guilty about that decision. Know that you made that decision for the best for the family as a whole. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good caregiver. It just means you value your own self-care, which is very important. Um and be on your parents' side. Maybe they do tell you the food is horrible. Just say, you know what? I hate that. I'm going to talk to somebody about that. And you don't have to talk to them about it. Don't talk to the administrator or whoever, but they'll feel like they're being heard and you're fighting with your parent instead of fighting against your parent. And that's very important that they feel like they have someone on their side. Exactly. They always want, you, you always want to be on their side. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, I was going to ask you um, what tips you have for people struggling with the guilt of placement, but you seem to have covered that pretty well. Yeah, it, it happens. Just um, it's going to ha- it's going to appear, uh, but just mm-hmm. keeping keeping it in mind that um, you know we're not supposed to be caregivers, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. had my child, and his job is not to care for me when I am eighty that I want him to have a quality of life and have babies and travel and see the world. Um, most parents would say they want that for their, their children. So don't feel guilty about that. You can still have a quality relationship and then make memories now that are going to sustain the child after that parent's journey with Alzheimer's and dementia are over. Right. Um, and, you know, it's a hard job being a caregiver is 24-7. Uh, you can't do that and sustain um, a long period of time. Uh, there's no. a lot of tips out there on our website, on your website with the Aging Matters um, okay. podcast. So there's information to help families out there. If they, if they need to find it, we can help them find it. 
Well, that that was just wonderful advice all the way from start to finish, Lynn. And uh, thank you so very much. You're and I guess that's, I'm sorry, but I guess that's it for today's episode. And I thank everyone for listening to us. Uh, Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm. We help families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Please join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 